I meet just an amazingly vast amount of people that I don't think I would have been able to meet in my everyday life. I, I like to think that what I do does influence my outside life because it brings a whole nother portion of community into it. Hello, welcome to Native Lights, where Indigenous voices shine. I'm your host, Leah Lem. And I'm your other host, Cole Primo. Miigwech for joining us today. Native Lights is at its core a place for Native folks to tell their stories. Each week we have wonderful conversations with great guests from a whole lot of different backgrounds. These are healers, entrepreneurs, hemp producers, policymakers, a bunch of different people, you name it. We'll, we'll talk to them about their gifts and how they share those gifts with their community. And it centers around this big point of purpose in our lives. And, and I can't wait to, to continue that uh, mission of amplifying Native voices. So how are you doing, Leah? Oh, I'm doing great. Thank you. Very nice. How are you? Very good. I, I just kind of started to get my feet wet in this uh, Rosetta Stone Ojibwe uh, oh. uh, lessons. So it's been kind of fun um, and caught a glimpse of, of, of our dad uh, doing some... Acting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Performing Pre- presentations, yeah, something like yeah, like something like that, yeah. So mm-hmm. it's, it was it was nice to see that. Um, just I just started, so kind of getting um, sparking some memories of Ojibwe class and at the at the U of M, and uh, oh, yeah. hope to hope to you know rekindle all that and get that going again. Um, so yeah. yeah, that's that's been fun. That's pretty awesome. Yeah, that's the Rosetta Stone. Ojibwe Moin version, mm-hmm. which is so exciting yeah. uh, to be able to have as a resource. Today, we are talking with a fantastic guest. You know, I myself used to work in radio, in public radio behind the scenes, mm-hmm. right? Just like the the job that when people saw me, they'd be like wondering what's what the technical problem is because I worked in and on the tech side of things in radio. So it was magical and fun and a great experience. Today we are talking with somebody who also works behind the scenes, but also very creative and um, very reflective and thoughtful. Lance Havisto is the lead videographer and editor for Native Report at WDSE-TV. And he's a direct descendant of Michigan First Nation and has worked in media production for several years in a variety of different roles. And he has a passion for telling stories. He enjoys looking for new and innovative ways of presenting those stories. Nice. So he is a graduate of Northern Michigan University and he has actually started working on his master's in communication from the University of Wisconsin Superior. Nice, so pretty nice. cool. All right, all right. And today I'm going to share my conversation with him. You have a ton going on <laughs> <laughs> with all of your work. So I took the opportunity to have a one-on-one conversation with Lance Hofsto. So I'm going to share that with you today. So here we go. Can't wait to hear it. Lance Havisto, could you please introduce yourself and where you're joining us from? 
Yeah, my name is Lance Alvesto. I'm the lead editor photographer for the show Native Report, and I'm joining you from my home studio uh, in Two Harbors, Minnesota. I love Two Harbors. Yeah, uh, working down in Duluth, which is where the station is located, uh, in the morning and the evening, you would just have the best views driving to mm. and from work. So I definitely don't mind it and would agree that the North Shore is very beautiful. Yeah, the 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 lake on one side and the beautiful landscape on the other. Can't go wrong. So Lance, how are you and your family doing during the pandemic? Uh, we are are managing. Um, I'm the father of a, a two year old and hopefully now a newborn coming in June. Oh wow! So um, we're we're navigating it quite uh, well. So we've had our ups and downs like everybody else, but uh, I think we're we're doing pretty good. So your children are basically pandemic children, then. They are. We had uh, almost a year. Well, not quite a year before um, the pandemic hit with our our first one and our second one obviously isn't here. Um, But it was it was a little bit odd because she was maybe not odd. She was a preemie. So she was born at Mm. 30 weeks. So we had um, kind of a very seclusive start to her entry into this world as well. Mm hmm. Sure. So just to keep germs down beforehand as well, because she was a little bit of a immune compromised Mm -hmm. coming out that early. Wow. That would have to be tough to navigate because you're already trying to keep your child safe. Yeah. So it it was uh, (laughs) a I guess the good part is uh, when the pandemic hit, we already had a giant supply of hand sanitizer. Sure. On. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, oh my goodness. But I'm glad it sounds like everything's okay and going well. Okay, great. So Lance, can you give me kind of an overview or an intro to your role with Native Report? Yeah, I'm the lead photographer editor for the show Native Report. So basically what that entails is uh, I'm in charge of doing primarily the shooting and editing for it. So I work closely with our senior producer, Ramona who has joined us a couple years ago now. It seems like a lot longer um, in a good way that I've been working with her. So we get to basically go out and tell Native stories from their perspective, which is probably one of the best jobs I've ever done. (laughs) Great. And you are a direct descendant of Michigan First Nation. Yeah. Pronouncing uh, that correctly? uh, Close. Uh, it's, It's always tough to pronounce. I googled it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> my my uh, mom and my grandmother has passed now. We're card carrying members, so. Oh, okay. Um, but I am not. Okay, yeah, that's always uh, a tricky situation. But you know, if we can yeah, trace and, our lineage, that's good. Yeah, and they're they're located um, over the border in Canada as well, mm-hmm. Manitoulin Island area for people that are unfamiliar. Mm-hmm. And what does that mean for you then to work with Native Reports um, and being Native yourself? It's actually kind of a life goal um, was checked off right off the bat. Growing up, uh, my grandma had moved over to the U.S. um, quite early on. So I'm originally from the Upper Peninsula, um, Nagani, which is kind of by Marquette area. And we kind of participated quite a bit in the a program there for natives probably basically it was um started in elementary school all the way through high school 
where my brother and I, we did all kinds of things. We were uh, in a drum group. We learned different cultural aspects through the community. And we were kind of lucky to be sandwiched kind of between two different tribes, the Sioux tribe and a tribe over in Baraga. So we kind of had the best of both worlds of kind of a melting pot. Growing up, you know, I mean, I watched Native Report when I was in high school, um, having gone to Northern Michigan University, which was a PBS affiliate that carried Native Report. So, and I knew I always kind of wanted to be in media, which is what I went to school for. Um, my degree is in media production and new technology. So after marrying my better half and I kind of wanted to stay around the lake and look for jobs and ended up in Duluth, um, working at one of the local tele- television stations for only a short bit before um, a position opened up at WDSE. So that was back in 2010, where I I wasn't hired directly for Native Report, but I got to work on a lot of different programs and Native Report was one of those. So that was kind of a bonus moment in my life goals in which I ended up leaving WDSE for a little bit to a different production company and then made my way back when the position opened up for Native Report. I have a question, Lance. How do you make your life goals? Because I know I have like literally a scrap scrap piece of paper with goals on them. And I just like took a picture of it and put it on my phone. Is there a something you did to make your life goal list? Oh, man. I, I feel like my life goal list changes sometimes by the minute. <laughs> but I knew early on I love storytelling and I love television. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just such a visual medium. I liked reading, but really TV sucked me in as a child because it just immersed you in a world that could be completely fiction or nonfiction. You know, I mean, you could get whatever you wanted out of it. And so I knew I wanted to go in, go in that direction. And, you know, just growing up, I had deep ties to, you know, uh, my mother and my grandmother and the way that we kind of engaged in the Native community that surrounded us. Mm-hmm. And so it, I guess it wasn't really a life goal that I checked off the box until I got the job and was like, yes, this is, this is it. So Lance Havistow, you know, happening upon his, a, a goal in the moment, let's say. Yeah. What do you think, Cole? Oh, I totally get that. I'm, and uh, just the whole TV thing, uh, kind of relate to you know, as a as a family you know we we loved movies we loved tv shows we loved and i can totally get um connecting with that um obviously too much of it is is maybe a little bit uh unhealthy but um when i got the chance to you know work in local tv news uh i had to had to grab onto that opportunity so i can i can understand maybe not knowing that it's a goal but once you once that opportunity is there, once you uh, are in the moment, it's it's uh, something that you realize. Yeah, I really like being open to what life throws at us with opportunities. It's I think it's so good to just keep a wide view, you know, keep those keep those feelers out there, and not try to like box yourself in yeah. to one thing, but also. I really like how he touched on his life goal changing sometimes by the minute. Yeah, it can evolve. Yeah, exactly. Your goals can evolve 
um, and how you use your gifts can change. You don't have to just pick one thing mm-hmm. and then that's it. <laughs> <laughs> you can make some notes on that scrap piece of paper a little bit. There you go. <laughs> that's true. You're listening to Native Lights, where Indigenous voices shine. Native Lights is produced by Minnesota Native News and Ampers with support from the Minnesota Arts and Cultural Heritage Fund. Today we're hearing from Lance Havisto. Lance Havisto is the lead videographer and editor for Native Report at WDSE-TV. He's a direct descendant of Michiganing First Nation and has a passion for telling stories. Let's get back to my conversation with Lance. So what can we expect this season of Native Report? Native Report covers everything from, you know, um, talking with our elders to Native artists that are trying to get their names out there and people that have been well-established. So, I mean, gosh, favorites is such a hard question because I like them all. Um, Our season right now, I'm not sure when this will air, but I know we're over half of our season is currently aired already in our home market Mm -hmm. and we are a nationally syndicated show. So that means we'll make it available probably in the next couple of months for the rest of the nation to be able to tune in to see it. But um, you can view everything on our website as well as it becomes live on our local broadcast. One of my favorite segments that we did um, actually aired already, which is Herb Findale, which is an applique artist. Mm. Um, and we went to his studio and it was just, it was just so visually stunning, um, because he deals with a lot of bright colors and he was just very articulate and was really a fun story to kind of tackle. And, you know, on the ways of when things that are coming up, we have kind of, a modern impacts coming up where we talk about boarding schools and kind of the history that, um, the university of Minnesota Morris has been doing as well as, you know, some of the Vermilion schools as well. So, I mean, it's a little bit of everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love Herb Finday's work. I've had the pleasure of interviewing him as well and getting a virtual tour of his studio. <laughs> <laughs> There's so much exciting stuff that's happening, and it's great to see a program that can help enlighten its viewers on what's happening. It it, all, it makes it so much easier to tell their story too, um, when it's just such a fascinating story. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, and as I'm sure you you probably um, realize in your own work too, is you have so much material and you have to whittle it down to a time slot, mm-hmm. and sometimes that is the hardest thing to do. <laughs> yes, you're telling me. <laughs> you know, we can only cover so much in our in our episodes. And each story. So, I mean, it, it is a little bit of a trick to how um, we tackle certain subjects like the boarding schools. And we have to kind of narrow our, our field of view because there's no way that we can cover it all. But, it is, you know, we have certain topics that are just really important to get out there. But we're already in our planning stages for next season um, to get them on the board and figure out exactly how we want to detail the structure of our season Um, just because it does take so much work and to try and narrow it down to where we want to focus. Being a nationally syndicated show, it's been kind of nice. Our whole footprint has been the U.S., which is kind of nice. We're hoping to get, well, some of us are hoping, well, we're all hoping to get up into Canada too, because, you know, they're a big um, neighbor to our north. Um, But, you know, how do we do that 
currently with COVID, <laughs> traveling yeah. has been, you know, very narrow. So luckily we've had an opportunity to work with a bunch of freelancers um, that are kind of spread out throughout the country. Mm-hmm. So, which has been a really good learning experience for sure. Yeah. Does the work you do eke into other parts of your life? Are you an avid storyteller with your family? Does your photography and videography play a role in other ways in your life? Absolutely. Um, you know, I I have, um, I would say, a camera addiction. So uh, <laughs> uh, I have a boatload of different still cameras and video cameras, which uh, I think my family um, has a love-hate relationship with because they become all of my test subjects for testing out different um, shutter speeds and, you know, different lighting conditions. But the grandparents really love it when they get all kinds of videos and photos of their <laughs> their granddaughter. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean... I like to think that that the work does, I mean, what I do does influence my outside life because it brings a whole nother portion of community into it. I mean, I meet um, just an amazingly vast amount of people that I don't think I would have been able to meet in my everyday life. I mean, like we interviewed several elders from the Fond du Lac Reservation that just, you know, living in two harbors and commuting down to Duluth had a very slim chance of running into and, you know, striking up a conversation and really getting to know them, you know, as much as you can get to know somebody in an interview situation. Um, But as they start to tell their tales of, you know, like when they were a child and growing up, I basically hear an echo chamber of how my grandma grew up or instances that I have experienced in the past and can relate to, which, you know, uh, my grandma has passed been probably a couple of years now. And so those tales definitely trigger memories and fondness that um, I would hate to see go away. Do you sense changes in coverage of Indian country? So like public television, public radio historically hasn't uh, covered Indian country with like maybe the the nuance and volume even um, that it could. And I know in conversations with other journalists, especially native journalists, um, we've noticed more interest in covering Indian country. Have you noticed anything on your end? Yeah, I think, you know, comparatively to like, you know, 10 years ago, we've come quite a bit more um, out in the open for sure. More Native programs are popping up. I feel like even 10 years ago, even five years ago, the technology wasn't there. That if you didn't have, you know, if you weren't attached to a radio station, if you weren't attached to a television station, it was hard to get your voice out there. But now, you know, through a podcast, through the internet, you know, and with the advancements of cameras, you can make quite a bit of content out there that's readily available for people to consume. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, it's, I feel like our voices have always kind of been out there. They're just being, they're, they're starting to pop up in more areas. And then I think more people are listening for it as well. Hmm. Interesting. I I think it has a long way to go. (laughs) Don't get me wrong on that. (laughs) Oh, for sure. 
but I know even just the the ease of editing too, being able to edit from home and not having to have, you know, a hundred thousand dollar, you know, edit suite or, you know, whatever they, they cost, you know, a higher end edit suite, you know, you can do that from a laptop in your basement. Yep. Yeah. That's, that's pretty key when, when anybody can add their voice, uh, it, it's kind of like the music industry, right? When it started to be more independent and then more musicians can get their music out there, their songs out there. It's kind of similar for stories. And actually we, you know, that helps us to um, identify stories is by, you know, do they have a Facebook page? Do they have a website? You know, is there a business? How can we, you know, looking at, you know, there's only so much research we can do if we want to go out to New Mexico or Georgia when we're up in Minnesota. You know, if you have a website, we can find you, you know, we can talk to you. Um, it's getting so much easier to help find people to help tell their story. I love seeing more and more native media makers too. I I, I definitely connected with this too. I mean, we're lucky to... Uh, you and I to have grown up in an age where we can easily access, access like tools to record music, uh, you know, doing voice work, editing, just from home. Um, I remember even you know in college, maybe late high school, being able to to edit uh, music and record music and make little files and you know send it to people or whatever. Um, That's right. You could do that <laughs> in high school. Yeah. <laughs> I had to wait a little bit. Yeah, just a little bit. Just a little bit. <laughs> I'm a little older. <laughs> <laughs> but the ability to do things like keeps getting, uh, you know, widened. Like you, people can do most things on your phone, or just you have all this this access now to uh, to telling your own stories, and that's great. And it's only helped us, you know, amplify native voices and other native people just you know doing their own thing. So I I love that. Absolutely. Well, he also talked about, you know, do you have a Facebook page? Do you have a website? Just by us being able to put our work on these platforms makes it so much easier for, like he said, other places to pick it up. Mm -hmm. You're listening to Native Lights, where Indigenous voices shine. Native Lights is produced by Minnesota Native News and Ampers with support from the Minnesota Arts and Cultural Heritage Fund. Today we're hearing from Lance Havisto. Lance Havisto is the lead videographer, editor for Native Report at WDSE-TV. He's a direct descendant of Michigan First Nation and has a passion for telling stories. Lance has worked in media production for several years in a variety of different roles. And we're going to get back to that conversation Leah had with Lance right now. I'm curious, do you have maybe some advice for those seeking to get into the industry? Um, getting into the industry, persistence and just go out and do it. Um, right now you can shoot and edit from your phone. You can practice, you can see what works, what doesn't work. You know, um, you could always do it better, you know, with an expensive camera, but how can you do it with, you know, what's in your pocket? I mean, just practice, practice, practice and persistence. Yeah. It's pretty cool. Like I know some people who do podcasts from their phone even. I don't know how they do it because I have my <laughs> dual screen iMac setup and I have much respect for being able to do it over a phone. Uh, but it, it can happen. It is possible. And just really great to have those options when, you know, there's no um, 
gatekeeper, really, to say, no, you can't do it. It's just yourself, giving yourself permission to get started. Yeah, and it, it, sometimes you don't know what you need until you do it. So it's nice to be yeah. like, okay, I can do this from my phone. Well, it'd be nice to have an actual microphone. So then, you know, you kind of piecemeal your way there until you can get, you know, a really solid production. Yeah, absolutely. Little by little, just starting, you know, it just knowing that you can do it from beginning to end with what you have is <laughs> empowering, I think. It's not going to be perfect, but it is empowering. Yeah, I, I've gone into a couple of classrooms that have wanted to talk to with media professionals. And, you know, that's one of the biggest questions is, how, you know, how do we start? What's what's the best camera? What's the best editing software? And it's, I mean, the answer is always what you have. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, you can always buy more stuff if you have the money for it, but just starting and doing it and getting, you know, your feet wet is the best way. One of my professors in college, I can't remember, I think, I don't even know if I had him in a class, we were talking about video production. He was basically said, find, you know, an editor, a shooter, something that you like about them um, or a person and copy it because right now you don't have a style you don't have a signature look you don't have you know you you're too fresh to know it so it's like find that and off of that you will find what you like what you dislike and then kind of your own style out of it so nice like you're kind of piecing together you know what you're drawn to from work styles to create your own to create lance's ultimate work style yeah that's pretty smart. I like it. So. Very cool. Well, thanks, Lance. Miigwech. Thank you. Lance Havisto. Yeah. Um, really great person to chat with. Yeah, and I, I love the, you know, you kind of evolve your style. And first you got you to gotta learn the basics and you got to understand that you're not going to come into it with your own style right away. You got you to get the basics going, kind of mimic some styles and learn your own style. And that's, that's kind of, uh, I guess, something I've done with, you know, guitar work or vocal work. I, I don't know about radio, podcast, voice style. People can can offer uh, suggestions or reactions on what my style might be. I feel like it might be a professional awkwardness or something like that. That's probably a pretty good way to say it. Um, But yeah, he was a great guest, and uh, I'm glad you had a conversation with him. Yeah, and I really enjoy how Lance seems so easygoing about it, kind of relaxes into the work. I'm sure there's hectic parts too, but it seems like very follow the energy, follow the stories of the communities mm-hmm. that Native Report covers. No, but I, I loved hearing from him and I can't wait to see more of his work on Native Report. So thank you to Lance Havisto. Lance Havisto is a direct descendant of Michigan First Nation and is a lead videographer, editor for Native Report at WDSE-TV. You can find Native Report online at native.wdse.org and there you can find out how to watch it And check out what's coming up in season 17. And you can check out previous episodes. Again, native.wdse.org. 
wdse.org, and we'll also link that on our website, minnesotanativenews.org. I'm Leah Lem. And I'm Cole Primo. Miigwech for listening. Gigawabman. Gigawabman. Native Lights, Where Indigenous Voices Shine, is produced by Minnesota Native News and Ampers with support from the Minnesota Arts and Cultural Heritage Fund. If you want to hear more Native folks talking about their gifts and finding their purpose, search for Native Lights, Where Indigenous Voices Shine, wherever you find podcasts, and find all of Minnesota Native News' content at minnesotanativenews.org.